All right, we're going to dive into week number two of our basic series. And if you weren't with us last week, what we're doing in this series is we are exploring some of the basics of what it means to walk in a relationship with God and to become more like Jesus. And throughout this series, what we're doing is we're watching a short 12 to 15 minute video teaching taught by Francis Chan, a pastor out in California, if you're not familiar with him. And then we unpack a little bit of what we're learning each day. Now, these videos have a dramatic element to them. So as you're watching, you can kind of understand there's a dramatic story that's unfolding, that's enhancing the teaching that is being taught. And today you're going to see three people on a difficult journey together. And they represent Christ followers, people who have put their faith and trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And then later in the video, you're going to see a Jesus character, and he'll be the guy with the beard down close to the beach at the very end of the video. But just know he represents Jesus, the guy that they have been following on their journey with him. Now, last Sunday, we explored the basics of teaching, the reality that if you are a Christ follower, God wants you and I to be teachable, to learn what it means to walk in a relationship with him, to learn what it means to become more like Jesus. And last week, we watched the Jesus character in these videos spending large amounts of time with his followers, teaching them, talking with them, walking with them, guiding them on their journey, guiding them away from some things that that weren't helpful for them and guiding them towards things that were helpful for, for them to teach them the best ways to live in God's plan. And then we watched towards the end of that video, the Jesus character allowed his followers to walk on ahead without him. And he had this smile on his face as he was watching them walk off, knowing that it was their time to start putting into practice some of the things that they were learning. It was time for them to start using their own spiritual muscles for the things that he had been teaching them and applying those things in their own lives. So that's where we're going to pick up today in this video, but I got a few more things to to share with you before we start that video. Now, in addition to us being teachable, we learned last week that God wants us to in turn teach other people. That if you're a Christ follower, one of our responsibilities is to teach other people how to live in his ways. And the Bible calls that the great mission that God has asked all Christ followers to be a part of. It's found in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. And in this passage, God gives all Christ followers our instructions for this great mission that we're invited into. Verse 19 says, go. This is Jesus speaking. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, God does not want us to just sit by and watch as the thousands and millions of people that are around us head towards an eternity apart from him. God does not want us to do that. God wants us to to stand up and do something. He wants us to speak. He wants us to engage the world around us and to teach people what it means to walk in a relationship with Jesus. He wants us to teach people about this God who died so that they can live. Teach people about the love of Jesus. Now, this great mission that God has invited all of us into is not an easy task. If you've engaged it, 
for very long, you've understood that it is difficult and we can't do it on our own. So we need some help. And God realizes that. God knows we need some help. And so he's given us some resources like Jesus. He's given us the example. If, you know, if we wonder, you know, what should I do? How should I live my life? God says, here's Jesus. They just do what Jesus did and you'll do well. God's given us the resource of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.11 says, if you're a Christ follower, if you put your faith and trust in him, the spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. So we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Again, if you're a believer, if you're a Christ follower, and we've got access to that power to help us as we engage this great mission that God has given us. We also have the Bible, something we've talked about a little bit last week as we looked at, we've got the Bible, God's written word for us to guide us on our journey in life. We have each other, the reality that we're not alone, but we're together on this journey to encourage each other, to sharpen each other, to lift each other up when we're struggling. We have prayer and God has given us many more resources, but we're, today we're going to focus on the resource of prayer, something that Jesus did on a regular basis. Scripture records often that Jesus would go off by himself and spend large amounts of time talking with his father. And, you know, I've always thought if there was anybody on planet Earth that would not need to go spend time in prayer, it'd be Jesus. You know, we've got God in the flesh here. You would think he would not need to do that. And yet Jesus made that a regular habit and modeled for us what it looks like to talk and listen to God on a daily, moment-by-moment basis. Now, most of us have some experience with prayer, even people who don't believe that there is a God, Uh, When life gets difficult, something really tough happens in their world, or they get in trouble in some way, often find themselves talking to God. Um, On September 11th, when America came under attack, there were many people from many backgrounds, religious and non-religious, that found themselves in those moments talking to God, praying to him, asking for guidance, asking for answers, asking for, for help in that very difficult moment. Now, in my own life, one of my most consistent prayers, and I don't know if you can identify with this or not, but when I was a teenager, one of my most consistent prayers was, please, God, don't allow my dad to find out the stupid thing I just did. (laughs) And if you will help me out of the trouble that I just got myself into, I will live for you the rest of my life. I don't know if you've ever prayed prayers like that, but I've prayed many. And then I would get out of that trouble that I was in and, and quickly forget the prayer that I had prayed and the promise I had made to God until the next stupid thing I had done. And again, the prayer was the same. God, please don't let my dad find out what I've just done. So most of us pray, even if we're not religious, don't have religious background, most of us at some point or another in our lives engage this thing called prayer. But one of the problems is many of us just don't know how to do it. As we approach prayer, we're just like, I'm not really sure. I mean, how do you talk to God? I mean, what do you say to him? How do we engage this in a way that he really wants us to engage it? And the reality is we aren't the only ones that struggle with that. Jesus' followers followers struggled with the same thing. In Luke chapter 11, Jesus' followers say to him, Jesus, teach us how to pray. 
We don't know how to do it. We don't fully understand it. And the interesting thing about Jesus' followers is they grew up in an environment where prayer was prevalent. Prayer happened all the time in that culture. It was almost one of those things where you would want to check off the box to get your gold star by your name in heaven to earn your relationship with God. You know, you do these prayers, you do them in this right order, and you get that star by your name. So that was prevalent in that culture. But as Jesus' disciples watched Jesus pray, they knew that he was doing something different. Than, than they were doing. They watched him pray and said, we don't pray the way you pray. So would you teach us how to pray? And so Jesus responded to them with what we call the Lord's Prayer, something that most people are familiar with at some point. Now, you may not recognize the translation. I'm gonna read it out of fully. But in Matthew 6, 9 through 13, we have the Lord's Prayer, and we're gonna read out of the New Living Translation. It says this, again, Jesus speaking. It says, so when you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food that we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Now, today's video is going to unpack the Lord's Prayer a little bit for us and prayer in general. So before we jump into this video on prayer, we'll just pause for prayer. So let's pray together. God, I thank you for the resource of prayer. Lord, the privilege that we have to talk to you and to listen to you on a regular basis. But Lord, so often we don't understand it. Sometimes we overcomplicate it. Sometimes, Lord, we spend a lot more time talking than we do listening. Lord, I pray that you would teach us today how to pray in a way that really connects with you deeply. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I don't understand why God chooses to work through prayer, but I know that he does. And I don't fully understand how prayer works, but I know that it does. Psalms 116, verse 1 and 2 says, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy, because he bends down to listen. I will pray as long as I have breath. I love the mental picture that that conjures up for me. The reality of this great, big, loving God bending down to listen to my little insignificant prayers. But in my interaction with God, they're not little insignificant prayers. And that's how some of us feel. Some of us feel like, you know what, God's too big, he's too important, he's got too many other things going on. I don't want to, you know, like interrupt his schedule by sending up a prayer that he might turn around and go, who's that from and what's that about? That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says that our God cares about us. He's very interested in every aspect of our lives. He wants to talk to us. He wants to hear from us. He wants to strongly support us. Like was referenced in that video, 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. God is looking for people. God is constantly looking across planet earth, looking for people who want to become more like Jesus so he can come along and strongly support those people. And I think one of the ways that God supports us is through prayer. It's through prayer that we interact with God personally. 
It's through prayer that we tap into the supernatural power of God that's made available to us. It's through prayer that we learn to become more like Jesus. And it's through prayer that we admit our dependence upon God, that we say, God, I can't do it, but you can. And I'm gonna tap into you every day. I'm gonna talk to you every day. I'm dependent upon you for all that I do. So what if you and I decided that we were just gonna learn how to pray? What if we just said, you know, kind of like Jesus' disciples, we were honest and said, God, we don't really know how to do this, so would you teach us how to pray? And what if we took the Bible and as we were reading, we would read what God says about prayer and we would just do that? Like whatever God says, we just did what it said in the Bible. Like in Philippians chapter four, verse six, it says, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Anybody have anything in their life they've ever worried about at any point? Okay, so we've a few of us in here. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. So what if that next moment that comes along for you to worry, you could be doing it right now, may happen this afternoon or maybe tomorrow as you head off to work, but whenever that next moment comes, we just said, you know what, God, I'm just, I'm not gonna worry. I'm gonna turn this moment of worry into a moment of prayer and I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna say, God, here's what I think I need because often what's different between our prayers and God's answer is what I think I need and what God knows I need are two different things. But God, here's what I think I need. And thank you, God, for what you've done. Thank you for all the things that you've provided already in my life. I want to just spend some moments of my moment of worry and turning it into a moment of prayer to thank you for all that you've provided for me. God, I'm determined. I'm going to learn how to pray. I'm going to pray when things are going well. It's fun to pray then, isn't it? And I'm going to pray when things aren't going so well. I'm just going to learn how to pray. I'm going to pray about things that will advance your kingdom, not my kingdom, not the stuff that I think I need. I'm going to pray for things that I believe scripture says you care deeply about. How might that change our interaction with God? How might that change our relationship with people around us? You know, what if the next time someone came up to you and shared that, that difficult thing that they were going through, you prayed for them? right in that moment. Not, I'll pray for you later, but what if right in that moment you said, you know what, I'm just gonna pray for you if you're okay with that, and just maybe just said a quick prayer. And I'm not talking about you're in Walmart, you know, and you know, the checkout line, and you got your hands raised, and you're obnoxiously <laughs> praying out loud for an hour. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? Please don't do that. If you do, take your epic shirt off and put another shirt on, okay? All right? But what if in that moment... You know, it's a little bit awkward, but they've got this struggle and you just go, hey, God, I just pray that you'd help this person in this situation. I pray they'd see you. I pray you'd answer their prayer. That's it. And move on. How might that change their lives? How might that change our lives if we made prayer a regular habit? And what if a group of Christ followers like us here at Epic gathered together and said, God, we admit we don't know how to pray, but we want to become people of prayer. Whenever there's an opportunity to pray, we want to pray, not just individually, but as a group, as a church family. We want to learn how to do this on Sundays, in our small groups, on our serving teams. Any opportunity there is, we want to pray. We want prayer to be the first thing we do, not the last thing that we do. Last week, 
you guys weren't, you were here, but you weren't here for this part because it was in the second service. But um, between the service, someone came up and shared something with me about someone who's connected with our church family, a young man by the name of Cody Prophet. And uh, in the second service, we prayed for Cody. And this is what's happened in Cody's world. He got hit by a semi-truck riding a motorcycle. Not a good matchup there between the two. And um, he ended up looking like he was going to have two legs amputated. And uh, then they found out he had leukemia. Last week, the news between the service was that he's on a ventilator and doctors are saying this is the end. He's not going to make it much longer. And so we as a church family had an opportunity to pray, and we did. We just prayed here together for Cody. Well, this morning I got a new report, slightly different report, that uh, we prayed at about 12.15. About 12.30 to 12.45, he was taken off of the ventilator. And yesterday he got a day pass to go out for lunch. How cool is that? Like, God works through prayer. How does he work? I'm not exactly sure. But God works through prayer. I hear somebody like trying to give a clap up, which I think would be really cool to give a clap of praise to our great God. So I think if we would say, you know what, again, I don't get it, but I'm going to pray. I'm just going to pray all the time. Every opportunity I have, I'm going to pray. I think God just might come along and strongly support individuals and groups that decide to make prayer a priority like that. Now, today I thought it would be very appropriate for us to end our service with a time of prayer. And if you have something on your heart that you need prayer for, what we're going to do is we're going to have a few people up front, several people will be over here and several people will be over here that you can come up and pray with if there's something you're just like, you know what, it's a burden on my heart, I need prayer. You can stay in your seat and pray there if you like. You can come up and pray by yourself up front if you want to do that. You can come up and have someone pray for you. If you're in your seat and you see somebody else come up, you can come up and pray with them. And if you're new to church, that just might be the weirdest thing ever to you know, come up front in the service and have somebody pray for you. That just might be you know, kind of strange. But the reality is there's a lot of symbolism in the Bible with what's known as an altar area. So coming to an altar and interacting with God. And so this is kind of like our altar area. It's a space where people can do that. And we want you to do what you feel led by God to do. If you want to stay in your seat, great. If you want to come up front, great. Uh, know you've got a lot of freedom to do what you sense God is leading you to do. So our worship team is going to come up and they're going to close us out in a, a song. And as they sing, uh, you've got the freedom to stay in your seat and pray, to come up and pray by yourself, to come up and pray with Uh, someone else who's going to be up here, come up and pray for someone else. Again, during uh, this next song, feel free to come up and pray. So let's um, let's just pause and and pray, and then our worship team is going to lead us. God, we carry a lot of things around that are heavy. And there are many things, Lord, that, um, that you never wanted us to carry on our own. And so one of the great resources that we have is prayer. And as we pray and talk to you, Lord, you carry some of that with us. And Lord, another resource is each other. As we talk to each other and pray with each other and pray for each other, we can come alongside and shoulder some of the weight of that burden that's being carried. So Lord, I know that there are a number of folks here today carrying burdens. And you want to help support them in carrying those burdens. And so, 
God, I just pray that this would just be a moment of us just together as a church family saying we don't fully get all the aspects of prayer, God, but we are determined to become people of prayer. We are determined to spend time praying and learning how to pray and learning how to talk to you on not just a daily basis, not just when we kneel before a meal, but Lord, all day long when we wake up, as we go off to school, as we go off to work, as we come home, Lord, that we will learn how to interact with you, talk to you, and listen to you every day, moment by moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning, Epic. My name is Carla, and I go to Epic. And um, how exciting is that? If you want to see new life, I mean, those pictures, that is incredible. Um, congratulations to the six people who were baptized last Sunday. That is just really exciting. And um, for the rest of us, be praying for them, because this is you know, a big step in their, their life and their faith journey. So be praying for them. Um, for those of you who came out to, to see the baptism and came out um, to hang out afterwards for Epic Day at the Beach, thanks for coming. It was a lot of fun for those of us who were able to make it. And um, so, yeah, awesome. <laughs> we want to, um, we have something really cool that's going on. Um, our two international missions teams have been, <laughs> um, just are, are leaving this week. Um, our Costa Rica team left yesterday very, very early in the morning for the drive to make their flight in Miami. I think they left around 3 a.m. So um, you wouldn't know it, though, with the pictures they were posting on Facebook. It looked like they were a little excited to be there. So be praying for them this week um, as they're, they're doing their ministry, that they would impact the community that they're serving in, and that that community would also impact them. I know when I do missions trips, you'd come back changed and pumped, and it's awesome. Our second team for Guatemala leaves next Saturday, so if you can be praying for them as they prepare to leave, um, that would be awesome. Um, so you don't have to go halfway around the world to give. You can give in your local community. And so if you call Epic Home, we want to invite you to give. And you can do so um, today with the giving boxes. There's one by this door and one out in the hall. Or you can give online at theepicchurch.com. And lastly, I just want you to take a look at an upcoming event that's uh, happening in August. So here's a video about that. So good morning, everybody. Good morning. morning. Glad you're here. The Leadership Summit is coming August 9th and 10th. It'll be up in Jacksonville this year, one of their campus satellites uh, where we'll get to go and uh, enjoy a great leadership development conference. And I don't know whether you consider yourself a leader or not. A lot of folks I talk to in church world don't consider themselves that. But the reality is you lead something. And you lead at least one person if it's just you. You've got to lead yourself. Um, often we lead in a home setting. We've got families that we're leading. Or we lead in work. Or we lead in school. We lead in church environments. So we're all leaders of some capacity or another. And we all owe it to ourselves to get better at leading. And this is one of the opportunities that we have here at Epic to do that. I've been going to this leadership development conference for the past probably 12 years. And it's one of the best leadership development conferences I think I've been to in my life. And I love taking new people to it. Uh, once a year, I need to go sit around other leaders that are teaching on leadership strategies so I can continue to learn to become a better leader in the capacities that I lead here at church and home and in other environments. 
And so I would like to invite you to come be a part of this with us. We have about 15 from our ministry leadership team that's going and would love to have you come along with us on those dates. But listen to this lineup of speakers that are going to be there this year. Bill Hybels, he's a pastor of Willow Creek Community Church. Uh, Condoleezza Rice, former U.S. Secretary of State. Jim Collins, nationally acclaimed business thinker and author. Cheryl Wudun, Pulitzer Prize winner, winner and business executive. Craig Groeschel, pastor of Life Church. John Ortberg, he's a pastor and author. And there are many more that are going to be in, in that lineup. Now, the cost of the event is $95, and you might think, well, that's a little bit of a stretch, Um, but just think about the investment that you are making in your leadership and the returns that come back on that. That $95 is pretty small compared to what you can get in return. So again, would love to have you if you can work that into your schedule. Sign up online at theepicchurch.com.